Super Talk Mississippi media production. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Don't know where the intro music was, but uh, we're glad to be here with you. Patrick McGee, our buddy from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, is uh, joining us here momentarily. Lee Roberts will be on the show later. And then uh, later in the show, we're going to have a great interview with Farley Shaw, a former Super Talk employee who really got hit hard yesterday uh, or this week by Hurricane Sally. So we're looking forward to that. But first, let's get things going. Good to be back on the Eagle Hour. And good to start with you, Patrick, as we're just a couple of days away from uh, as a football game that uh, Southern Miss really needs to win. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know we'll see what happens. I mean, it's it's a really weird game in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, Southern Miss coming off getting its uh, uh, its having its football coach resign, having a thirty year old uh, step in his place, and Louisiana Tech had to cancel its last game, and and it's going to be interesting to see how uh, they respond after having so many COVID cases. I think it was upwards of thirty six. Uh, what kind of a depth issue? How many players are going to be out this Saturday? It looks like everything's a go for Saturday, but it's probably going to be one of the most unpredictable football games I've ever, you know, uh, been to at Southern Miss. In other words, it, it's just going to be, I mean, wh- who knows what's going to happen. I mean, there may be an earthquake at halftime or something. <laughs> who knows? Uh, it's, you know, it's just strange. It's uh, one of those unusual games that you don't really foresee happening. Right. Uh, Patrick, uh, you're not predicting an earthquake now, but I got that correct, right? It'd probably be more accurate than, than me trying to say who's going to win or lose this football game. I know Southern Miss is a is a favorite, but I mean, there's really no way to 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 tell you know what kind of a Louisiana Tech team is going to show up. If Southern Miss is going to look better than they did two weeks ago, or you know, are we going to see an entirely different offense and all this? So. Uh, there's just so many factors that make this game unpredictable. You know, Patrick, I'm surprised to hear Southern Miss is a favorite after the way they looked against South Alabama. What do you attribute that to? I, well, I think it goes back to uh, them missing a fair amount of uh, – Louisiana Tech missing a fair amount of practice here lately uh, due to COVID, having a lot of guys sit out. I think they've just had some uh, players kind of get back in the last day or two. Uh, so, And one thing we've noticed, or I've noticed, is that Typically, the the team that's played a game, uh, you know, uh, going up against a team that's you know just getting the season started, the the team that's played a game uh, usually has the advantage at least for like two or three quarters, if not the whole ball game. Mm-hmm. I think we saw that with the the, the Big Twelve in the Sun Belt matchup with you know Arkansas State and uh, Kansas State. So uh, you know some you know Southern Miss has worked out some of the kinks, even though they got a heck of a lot of kinks to work out. But uh, Southern Miss does have the advantage of uh, having mostly a couple of weeks of practice and having a game under its belt. That makes sense. All right, Luke, jump in here. Yeah, Patrick, the biggest thing, of course, Southern Miss saw, and I think one of the things Louisiana Tech will struggle with is tackling because most of their team hasn't had full contact you know, drills in, in maybe 10 to 12 days. Expect to see that. On the Southern Miss defensive side, of course, the depth chart released this week, no change. Totally expect that, you know, from Scotty Walden. If he's going to mix something up, not going to let it know. Do you do you expect any adjustments on the defensive side of the ball? No, not really. I mean, I, I think uh, the the thing to watch for is, you know, if there are guys out on the field that weren't there for the South Alabama game. Uh, you know, if there were some guys that were noticeably ad- absent. Rashawn Mitchell really wasn't there to be seen. It was a there were some key pieces that just didn't touch the field that day. So. 
Uh, I think it's really if they can make additions for guys that had to sit out. I think there were probably two to three guys, especially in the secondary, uh, that weren't out there that didn't contribute. So it's just, you know, I mean, I, I think they'll probably have to make some decisions personnel-wise, just go back and watch a film and maybe give some other guys a chance. Uh, I, I, you know, it's it remains to be seen uh, what's going to happen. I, I, have, I wish I'd done more, a little bit more study on this game and asked a little bit more about that. I was distracted with a hurricane for three days. I was writing about, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, how, how, how are people are people going to lose power sure. or lose cell service after the storm? So uh, it, it remains to be seen, and uh, there's a lot to be seen on Saturday. Offensively, um, I, I suspect we're going to throw the ball more for two reasons. Number one, um, Scotty mm-hmm. Walden's now the the head coach, um, but you know, Kubik wants to run the ball. But I think the mm-hmm. second reason is where we found ourselves in the same spot we found ourselves in in 2018 and 2019. We're going to have to throw the ball to set up the run. Yeah, I mean, this, I, I expect to have a, see a more aggressive offense. Uh, you know, Jay Hobson, uh, during his five years plus on, as the head coach, he was a, a defensive-minded head coach. Um, you know, occasionally he he intervened on some of the game planning and and for some of these games. And he, you know, as a defensive coach, often you want that offense to kind of put the defense in the best position possible. Uh, now we're going to a uh, Scotty Walden, who's much more from the Fedora mindset, who wants all phases of the game to be aggressive offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, you know, I, I expect the reins to be taken off the offense somewhat. What that means, I don't know. It's still the same. Uh, uh, you know, it's still going to be pretty much the same system that Matt Kubik installed. Uh, maybe you see both Walden and Kubik working to open up this offense a little bit more. It's going to be really interesting uh, to see how differently this team looks compared to what it looked like back on September third. Scale of 1 to 10, Patrick, how important is it for the Golden Eagles to win this football game after such a dismal performance uh, two weeks ago? I, I wouldn't call it a must win because, I mean, you know, hopefully they've still got 10 games left on the schedule after this one. But it's still the first conference opener. It's a game that was probably, a you know, kind of open there as a win or a loss coming into the season. Uh, I think Southern Miss really needs to take advantage of this scenario for a Louisiana Tech game team that's faced so much uncertainty over the last two weeks in terms of just getting on the practice field and whether or not they're going to play this week. So it is a prime opportunity for Southern Miss to really come out and play better and uh, win on their home field. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't call it a must-win, but if if this season is going ahead in the right way, it's, it's, it's an important step. Uh, now, is this a good Louisiana Tech football team, or do we just simply don't know? We don't know. I mean, I, I think they replaced like nine, you know, eight or nine guys on defense, and they're going to have a new quarterback. I don't think they've named a starter yet. So, uh, it, you know, we this may be a bad Louisiana Tech team. Uh, I expect them to be as good as South Alabama, you know, probably better, honestly. I mean, we know what Louisiana Tech teams have looked like. They haven't always had the best luck against Southern Miss, but we know those are a talented, well-to-put-together teams, and I don't expect anything different. It's just a matter of experience probably here to open the season. But uh, right now, I, you know, I expect Louisiana Tech to be a solid team. I don't think this is going to be one of your best Louisiana Tech teams. I know it's early, but uh, your your initial observation of the Conference USA teams, uh, some look pretty good. I thought, uh, thought Marshall looks pretty good. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, overall, what do you think, Patrick? Well, you know, I think they're okay. You know, uh, you know, Marshall. The only time we've really seen them is when they played Eastern Kentucky, and that, uh, that new starter quarterback did look good throwing the football. And I'm really, really interested. <laughs> I'm gonna, probably going to be tuning up, tuning in at 2:30 on Saturday to watch that Appalachian State Marshall game. I mean, who would have thought 
uh, we'd see a Conference USA uh, team playing at 2.30 on a, on a Saturday on CBS. Uh, that, that's really going to be interesting. And North Texas, uh, is it North Texas plays Houston this week, if I'm not mistaken? I think so. Uh, or, uh, I think that's right. Or that or SMU. And that's a big game for them. And I think North Texas is a team that people are kind of watching and seeing. I thought Charlotte looked okay even on the road to App State. Uh, but, heck, their, their game's already been postponed this week. Uh, yeah. They're supposed to play at North Carolina. Uh, you know, it, it just seems like we're seeing a few more postponements by the week. And, and we've had multiple ones within the within Conference USA. And if they start to pile up, it's, this season's going to become even more unpredictable and a little more ugly. Right. And yet, Southern Miss is uh, on ESPN2 Saturday night. Right. Uh, who, who would have thought that as well, right? Yeah, I mean, this game was destined for ESPN Plus, you know, just to kind of get lost in the mix, and now you're playing on ESPN2. Uh, take advantage of this one, because with the Pac-12 and the, and the uh, Big Ten probably firing up play in October, uh, Conference USA and Southern Miss aren't, aren't, aren't going to get as many of these opportunities uh, for this kind of uh, uh, primetime uh, kickoff on ESPN2 on a Saturday. So uh, we, we won't see a whole lot of these, so enjoy it while it's there. All right, Patrick, we always enjoy our conversations with you, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. All right, thanks, Bob. Y'all have a good one. Patrick McGee, everybody, is, of course, with the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Been with us since we started this show, and we're very grateful to him uh, for that. We've got a good show coming up for you today. Lee Roberts is going to be on the program. Uh, we're expecting him in the next segment. Also, Farley Shaw. Farley Shaw is the former operations manager here. And a celebrity, really, on uh, Super Talk. Uh, he and his family uh, really, really hit hard by COVID-19. And uh, not, not, I apologize, not by COVID-19, by Hurricane Sally. We're going to be talking to Farley about that later in the show. Kelly Sander, he'll be joining us as well. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour on a Thursday as we get ready for the Louisiana Tech Southern Miss game. Appreciate Patrick McGee stopping by and Luke Johnson in the First Bank Studios in beautiful downtown Laurel. Bob Getty back. We missed you, buddy. We I'm glad to be back. Few, Had a good days. time down in Florida. Got run out by uh, Hurricane Sally. Uh <laughs> Uh, so we had to leave a little early because of that. Uh, but, boy, I'll tell you what, our, our thoughts are with the good folks over in Alabama and the Florida Panhandle. They uh, they took a beating. Beautiful, beautiful place, though, as everybody knows. Uh, when there's not a hurricane coming in, so uh, uh, we had a good time. Glad to be back with you. Also glad to have Lee Roberts back on the show, former great quarterback for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, of course, and the color analyst for the network. And, uh, Lee, we're a couple days away from another football game, and we're all hoping this one goes a little better. Uh, your thoughts about what's ahead for the Golden Eagles? You know, first of all, um, you know, I think the, the the off week came at a perfect time, obviously, with all that has gone on. And, you know, the energy level is totally different at practice. The guys are buying in to what Coach Scotty Walden is doing. And, you know, so if, if that translates to how they will perform on the on the field on Saturday, I think we're, we're excited about uh, what's to come. So, you know, it's a, it's a much needed win. Obviously, starting conference play really, really early in the season. It's the home. I mean, it's the opener for Louisiana Tech. So, as far as preparation goes, you, you can't really watch film on those guys. You just got to kind of go on their personnel and um, kind of what they've done in the past. So, it's one of those it's one of those things that uh, we're not really sure what uh, to expect from them, and you know, they're really not sure what to expect from us either with the head coaching change this early in the season. But a much needed. Uh, game that we need to go out and, and play well, and especially play well early. 
And Lee, what do you expect with the new coaching? You know, I like Coach Scotty Walden. Um, you know, obviously, him stepping into a role at, at this early in the season is, is very, very tough. But yet, he's a guy that's got a year of head coaching experience under his belt. Obviously, a, a smaller type program, Division Three, it uh, when he was in Texas. But you know, he, he's an energetic fireball, a guy that is is smart. He's an offensive minded minded coach. And when talking to Coach Walden, you know, and and really. The preparation to this point even started, you know, years ago um, with him working with some special teams. He said he's had the flexibility of working with every different special team that we have at Southern Miss, and that has allowed him to get to know a lot of the players. So him him walking into this role, it's not like he just knows the offensive personnel. He knows most of the defensive personnel as well just because um, of their role on special teams. So uh, a super guy, a guy that's going to, you know, lead this team, obviously you know, 11 strong games ahead of us. And, you know, I think he, he's got a great mind ahead of him. They're going to air it out more? Or do you think we'll see generally the same balance of run pass? You know, I think that was part of the deal when Coach Kubik came in was to, to be pretty balanced. Obviously, we need to have our running game running running smooth, and, and we've got to stable the backs to do it. We've got to have a better uh, job up front by our offensive linemen. But I think there will be some, you know, I think it'll be more of an upbeat type offense. You know, whether we'll air it out a lot more, I'm really not sure. I mean, I expect us to throw the football because that's what Jack Abraham does does so well. Um, but, yeah, I think Stevenson running game will be something we'll try to do early as well. Good deal, Luke. Lee, that was kind of one of the things that went under uh, unnoticed in the South Alabama game, and it was just because of the, you know, just people being frustrated that, that we lost. But, you know, Jack was pretty good in that first game. I think he was 22 out of 32 and 314 yards. Didn't throw a touchdown. Uh, but y- you would think with uh, a little better running game, um, those numbers will remain about the same. He's been a, a tremendously efficient quarterback. You know, when, when you're able to run the football, and, and obviously that's what we're wanting to be able to do because it will open up that passing game. And, you know, a, as a quarterback or a former quarterback, you'd like to have the running game established because you then become a, you're not a one, one-sided team, a lopsided offense. And, you know, obviously Jack's not going to really hurt you, although last year did have a couple of rushing touchdowns. He throws the ball. That's, that's what he does. He stands in the pocket and, and delivers a very high efficiency passer. But sure, if we can get that running game going, I think it'll do nothing but help him and this offense as well. Talking about that running game, Frank Gore uh, Jr., of course the name you know, just uh, elicits the fact that you think something special will happen. True freshman, he only rushed for 32 yards, but you saw some of that instincts where he, he threw that ball to Jack. Unfortunately, the touchdown got called back. But how big a deal was, was his presence and his potential that he showed in the first game? You know, he, he brings a lot. And obviously, to be a youngster, you know, stepping into a role, you know, like he did last week is, is pretty good. Yeah, numbers weren't, weren't great. We didn't run the ball very good. But he, he's got the genes. He's got the genetics to, to do what he needs to on the field. But, but really what kind of separates him is, is what's between the ears. I mean, he has such a football knowledge and just really sees the game differently and when he's in there, I mean, you can definitely tell that. Obviously, there's going to be some other guys that will tote the tote the ball as well. Don Ragsdale, you know, D. Baker, um, and others. But you know, Frank Gore is one that's exciting. He's a he's a young guy, runs a lot like 
Edo Smith. He kind of waits for things to develop and is very, very shifty. And, um, you know, like I said, but the biggest thing that kind of separates him is that head knowledge. So uh, tell us uh, tell us what the atmosphere was like at the stadium for you uh, in the previous game and, and what you anticipate and how different really is it, Lee? You know, I, when I look down from the press box, obviously pregame was, you know, obviously different. Walking on the campus was totally different. You just didn't get that vibe like you're about to go watch a college football game. You know, but looking in uh, from the press box down, especially, you know, late in the first quarter, first part of the second uh, quarter, you know, the the west side stands look, looked pretty good. Obviously, there was, you know, lots of gaps, but we, we knew that was going to be with the seating capacity that only 25%. But, um, you know, I, I thought it was pretty good considering, you know, would I like to have a, a full capacity? Absolutely, but it's just not going to happen. That's just uh, not the season we're in right now. And, and whether it did or did not affect the way our guys played, um, you know, they've got to they've overcome. And this is one for sure that uh, is, is a much-needed game that we've got to go out and play well. So, but I thought the, I thought the atmosphere was, was pretty good. Just really missed a lot of the, the on-campus stuff for sure. Right. Luke? Um, Lee, it, it, it is just uh, seems like Thursday – Thursday game against South Alabama. It literally was two weeks ago. I get that, but it seems like it's longer than that. Emotionally, you know, as, as a player, and we've seen that through everything, uh, through practice reports, through social media. There's been a lot of buy-in with Scotty Walden, and it seems like you know the guys have have responded well with with energy. But you know, as a former player, something you and I never had to go through because of uh, you know Coach Bauer just always being there. But but you got to speak about how remarkable, in some ways, this team has been to embrace what's gone on in the last uh, ten days and have responded well to it. You know they have, and you know really just what's all happened with the, the cancellation of spring ball. You know what they didn't get to do really during the summer, and then you know limited on field activity even in the early part of the uh, the fall camp, but. Yeah, and then to, and then to kind of face this, I, I think the guys are very very resilient, and and you're going to see, I think a team go play a little harder just because of it. I think it, you, you're right. The guys bought into what Coach Scotty Walden is doing. It, it, has he changed a lot of things? No, I don't think so. But maybe he's changed some things between these guys' ears and really getting them to believe more in themselves as well, and giving them something to hope for. Hey, I mean, we've got every goal ahead of us. We can still hit every goal that we possibly want, especially in conference play. And, uh, you know, a, a really early open week, I think, was really, really good for this team. Yeah, it just kind of resets everything. What What's the number one thing as a former football player and as a color analyst now, what's the number one thing you're going to be looking for? Is it going to be a mindset? Is it going to be a body language? Uh, or is it going to be literally points and, and yards on the field? You know, obviously you, you got to have the points. The yards we're not worried about. you got to have the points. you got to be able to score one more than your opponent. You know, but what I'm really wanting to see is the fun and excitement of these kids. I mean, you and I played this game. We we know that this game is as hard as it can be. And if you're not having fun, then this game is can be very, very brutal. So I want to see these guys, these players go out, and even the coaches go out and have fun because that's what it's all about. 
So much has been going on and so much has been said in the last, um, you know, little while. And I think that's what's uh, everybody has an opinion now with social media and everybody's opinion is valued too highly. Speaking about myself, too. (laughs) But I'm with you. I, I think, Lee, what I'm looking for, obviously, I'm looking for touchdowns, I'm looking for scores, I'm looking for field goals. But I'm looking for whether they fight. And that's one of the things that, as a former player, I didn't really see in the South Alabama game, and that's that's really what I'm looking for. But I mean, it's a big stage, man. ESPN too. I know you guys uh, back in the day, man. You played on ESPN all the time. What what's going through their minds as they prepare, knowing they're about to play on a bigger national TV stage? Well, first of all, they know that it's conference, and this is what really, really counts, and really can't stress that enough. And and two. You know, they, they want to kind of redeem, uh, get a little bit of redemption from where they played two weeks ago. So I think that plays in the back of their mind as well. And, and you're right, to be able to go out and fight and fight for, for 64 minutes is what this team's got to do. That's it. Well, you're the best, man. Thanks uh, so much for, for being on the Eagle Hour today. Have a great call with John on Saturday. All right, I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Y'all have a great one. You too. That's uh, Lee Roberts, the great number five, now color analyst with John Cox for Southern Miss football. We'll take a break and be right back. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. Glad you're with us wherever you're listening this afternoon. Uh, some of our affiliates around the state or online, wherever, we're glad to have you. I want to thank Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald and Lee Roberts, former Southern Miss football star and now color analyst for the network, for joining us. We're going to switch gears here just a little bit and get away from sports. I've got on the telephone an old friend of mine, and I say old friend because I've known him a long time and he's old. Farley Shaw, former celebrity here at Super Talk. I'm talking uh, network anchor, uh, general manager, operations manager. Farley uh, was a celebrity here in South Mississippi and has since retired and moved to the beautiful Alabama Gulf Coast. But Farley, I understand that earlier this week, living on the Alabama Gulf Coast was not all that beautiful. Well, well, Bob, you know, you have to pay the price if you're going to live in paradise. (laughs) And you did, right? And, I, you know, I'm paying dividends on that sucker right now. But let me go back just a second. I was a celebrity? That's what they told me to say. I, I think I that's the note you sent me earlier this morning was to tell people that. <laughs> I'm just trying, no. I'm trying to be cooperative, brother. Well, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that. But the job, all the jobs you offered, yeah, that was me. I did all those things. Yeah. Well, Farley, I understand that um, you and I communicated a little bit after the storm. I was a little worried about you, to be honest, and uh, and you responded right back to me. But you, you said something that sort of alarmed me. You said you got <laughs> seawater in your house, and you and your wife rode the storm out in your pickup truck. Tell us what happened. <laughs> it's, it's hard to explain, but in a nutshell, uh, storm surge, uh, no one really, really understands what storm surge is. We figured if we had three feet of water come over our seawall, we'd be okay. Well, we would have been, except like four feet came over, and then five feet, then six feet. So our back door was buckling, the wall was buckling, and, and, and uh, as much as I wish I could 
stand there and hold the door and keep the water out, I, I couldn't. Mm. So we decided uh, discretion was a better part of valor, and uh, we we went into the garage, and it was a higher little bit from the, the house and attached, and we got my faithful Dodge Ram pickup truck and closed it down, and, and that's where we rode out about the last 45 minutes of the storm. So, Farley, you, you mean literally the seawater was pounding at your back door and you thought it was going to buckle the wall of your house. That had to be just scary. You know, uh, it was, and and we knew this. You know, there's two schools of hurricanes, uh, evacuation or watching. And my dad would have believed that you stay with your house and maybe with some duct tape and a hammer, you know, you could stop everything and fix it. And I was kind of leaning that way. And the new school is just, you can everything be replaced, just leave and come back and be safe. Mm-hmm. Well, we thought that's what we were going to do. Hang on until it got bad and leave, but that wouldn't happen. All the roads are shut down, pine trees are down, so we didn't do it. So, yeah, that one moment where I saw the water popping in through the door and the walls starting to buckle, I said, maybe I made the wrong choice on mm-hmm. this. Man, man. We're joking about it, but uh, I'm guessing that it wasn't funny when it was happening. No, you know, we, you, <laughs> Vicki, she's one of the funniest people I know. And we tried to keep a sense of humor because that was the only thing we'd do. You know, Elijah was here with us. He, he was a great hand, and we were trying to keep it all light. But, but you know, you look in each other's eyes and say, what are we going to do if it comes busting through this door? Yeah. I mean, is it going to get worse? Because this storm, another bad thing, man, I didn't have a radio. We thought this thing was going to be over in 24 hours. Just mm-hmm. boom. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were using our phones. The phones are going dead. We're in the truck, you know. It was just, Wow. next time I won't do it that way. Farley, <laughs> how in the world does a lifetime radio guy not have a radio? Well, this is the great part of the story. <laughs> I have three radios, right? and they all take, like, the big batteries. Right. And I haven't had a big battery in my house in 20 years. Well, since I left the station. Uh-huh. You know, I had the little small double A's and all like that for the electronics, and I went, I don't believe this. So... <laughs> Um, today, I'm going to go find one of the little crank radios. Right. How, ba- how bad was the wind down there, Farley? And by the way, Farley lives in Foley, Alabama. He can see Orange Beach from his back door. How bad did the wind get? Um, we Where we are, it's a real strange thing because we're in a bay, and we're protected by a couple of lines of trees and the, the uh, intercoastal waterway. So it, it, if it was 80 miles on the beach, it knocked it down to, you know, 60 here. Mm-hmm. So, I, and being an old radio guy, I actually had a weather uh, thing out here, you know, the gauge with the wind right. speed and all that. Well, it's not there anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's gone. But the last reading I had on a Bob was 62 miles an hour. Wow. Not a good And that wasn't, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. But it was enough to keep driving the water in. That was a big deal with the water. Right. Luke, get in here. Farley Shaw survived, yeah, and we Luke. have him on the Eagle Hour. It- it's such a an honor to speak to such a, a celebrity, but we have Big one celebrity. thing in common. Bob never Bob never paid either one of us. That's what I heard through the grapevine about you. Steve Davenport signed my checks. That's all I remember. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, I mean, he talked to Mr. Davenport. But anyway, yeah. um, such an iconic place for people in South Mississippi. When I think about Gulf Shores and Foley and, and Orange yeah. Beach, there's so many places that come to mind where we eat when we're down there for five or six days where we go to shop right. where we go. What's been right. the early word? I mean, it, how, how how big is the uh, the destruction down there? They they gauge everything down here, Luke, by Hurricane Ivan. 
uh, Ivan came up into uh, 16 years ago, I believe it was, and it pushed water up all the way to the like where the water park is, a little past that. Matter of fact, the Oyster House has got a mark on their restaurant. It's about chest deep in there. We have not heard reports about how high the water is, but uh, they have closed Orange Beach and Gulf Shores completely. You have to have a, a pass to get over the bridge um, to get into Gulf Shores. You, have, you know, a little uh, they, they give you one when you leave, you know, like a visitor's pass or whatever. But there's, no one is allowed over there, so we really don't know how bad it is. I, I did see that the hangout, which is at the far end, if you know what I'm talking about, where the 59 hits yep. the beach, they're offering uh, food and water and um, I think like showers or something. So we don't know how they have power. We don't have power, obviously. But uh, so I, I can't give you a complete report on them. As my old friend Dave used to say, I just don't have enough information on that. <laughs> we got got friends, you know, with condos and on O Island and, and all those places. I saw some, some yep. early reports about. It. You bring up uh, Hurricane Ivan. That was actually the week that we were supposed to play Aaron Rodgers in the California Bears when I played at Southern Miss, and I walked into Coach Bauer's office on Tuesday, and he said Cal ain't coming, and I said why? He said because of that thing called Ivan, and it missed us all completely. But you know. Katrina yeah. uh, was obviously Alabama faced in a lot of ways what we faced with, with Katrina with with Ivan. So, what's uh, what, what's next for you? What what do we need to uh, to know about? Uh, any way we can help? Any way anybody out there listening, you know, in, in Southern Miss Nation that that maybe want to come down and lend a hand? Well, I, I tell you, I, I talked to my good friend uh, Clayton Breland from down in that part of y'all's world. He's a big listener, and a good friend of mine. And he called me this morning. He said, I'm on my way with a generator and five fifty gallons of gas. And I said, dude, since maybe five years ago, everybody bought a generator. Everybody's got gas. We're all sitting pretty. It's like it's kind of funny. Back in the old days, the sound of chainsaws was always the sound you associate with hurricanes. Now it's generators. No. But I'll be honest with you. We will receive note here that I think maybe two weeks will be without power. Wow. So everybody, everybody's wow. sitting on, you know, we're just kind of sitting here seeing what's going to happen. But uh, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, having gone through this before, everybody should have loaded up on their supplies, uh, food, water, those things. And, and at the end of the week, we'll all have to take an assessment of what we need. Right now, everybody's sitting pretty. But but I, I can't tell you in a week what's going to happen. <laughs> right. And uh, two weeks, you think, without power, huh, Farley? Well, they always give you, you know, you remember, Bob, they always yeah. stay, say, three weeks and it's 10 days. You know, I, right. I, they don't want to get their hopes up and, and get our hopes up. But probably earlier this morning, I understand we're on Baldwin Electric, and they said that 95% of Baldwin County was didn't have power. Wow. And, but, and, and two people died down there, so I mean, just be glad you're well, and, and there wasn't any more fatalities in that. Did that surprise you, that, that low number of fatalities? It truly, truly did. I was waiting for the for the report, and I saw that, and I said, well, I don't know what's happened. You know, after Ivan, they enforced some new building codes. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the houses, well, all the new houses were built to a stronger code, and that may have had something to do with it. But... Um, uh, that, yeah, I, that's just that's just pure pure luck that there was not any more death. Right. Well, I'm and, glad and you're maybe, okay. Go yeah, ahead. I'm me sorry. too. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going. 
I was going to say that that uh, maybe people finally learn that you you know you don't go sightseeing, you don't go surfing, and you make a decision. You leave, you stay. One of the two, and I guess that's where everybody did. That right. The ones that left are okay. The ones that stay basically okay. All right. Well, thank goodness you and your family are okay. I tell you what, let's celebrate by when you get everything back to normal. How about the whole Eagle Hour crew comes down, stays at your place for a week. We can do the show every afternoon from your house, and you can feed us, Farley. That's mm. can I get back? That's to you the on real that? reason you were on today, <laughs> Farley. That's the real reason you were on today. He doesn't care. He just wanted to get a free week at the beach. Okay? That's, that's correct. That is Farley. incredible. That's correct. I can tell you this. I know we got to go, but I can tell you this. Once you live on the water. Everybody becomes your best friend. I'm sure that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Farley, I'm glad you and uh, Vicky and uh, Elijah are okay, man. And thank you, man. Th- thank you for the show, for the time on the show, brother. I-, I appreciate you checking in on us. You've always been a good friend, and just keep thinking about us. We'll be okay. All right, buddy. Farley Shaw, everybody, from the ravaged Alabama Gulf Coast, but uh, full of spirit, as you can tell. And that's Farley Shaw. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Friday brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. Online, toyotahattiesburg.com. In person on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Go on their website, pick you out some models to go test drive, and let Toyota Hattiesburg help you with your next vehicle purchase. Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Also want to tell you about DBAT and D1 Training, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, some of the best facilities around, baseball and softball academy on one side with DBAT. On the other side, D1 Training, great 70-yard indoor turf field for you to to work on running and sprinting, and then, of course, great weight room there at D1. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Told you about this earlier in the week, but just want to reiterate um, some coaching promotions within the football program. Southern Miss Department of Athletics announced this past Tuesday that Kelvin Bolden, some of you may remember him, a wide receiver for the Golden Eagles in the Larry Fedora years, uh, nicknamed Peanut Bolden. Uh, he has been an offensive quality control coach. He's now been... Um, promoted to a wide receiver coach, and Scotty Walden was coaching the wide receivers and will continue to in some fashions, but Kelvin Bolden promoted to coach wide receivers. And um, then Brandon Butcher, who was a defensive quality control, he has been promoted to the assistant defensive backs coach. So uh, two promotions there. Also on the football front, two new game times have been announced. Tulane will take place on at 1.30 p.m., on Saturday, September 26th, that's in the Rock. So Tulane in the Rock at 1.30. And then two weeks later, Florida Atlantic comes to the Rock on October the 10th. That game time and now at 3 p.m. Both of those games on stadium. So uh, some afternoon games at the Rock, guys. Yeah, of course, if, if Florida Atlantic um, if Florida Atlantic you know, gets over their COVID problem. They've, they've been battling some, some COVID down there. And speaking of the dreaded C word, uh, North Carolina, Charlotte, uh, this coming down the last half hour, North Carolina, Charlotte now canceling its game, its scheduled game with North Carolina this Saturday. 
UNC Charlotte had a unique COVID breakout and that they have plenty of players to play the game. They just don't have any offensive linemen. The COVID breakout has, has taken down every one of their offensive linemen. So, you know, it's, it's one thing to have enough guys to play, but if you don't have anybody to block, um, that's certainly problematic. So that game with Charlotte and North Carolina has been canceled. Meanwhile, Hattiesburg's Davis Riley, the uh, amateur that plays his college golf at Alabama, has qualified for the U.S. Open Golf Tournament. That is underway at Wingfoot, Wingfoot uh, Country Club. Justin Thomas, the current leader, shooting a record five under par 65. And weather-wise for Southern Miss and La Tech Saturday, it looks like it couldn't be any better. Bright sunshine and temperatures and about 70 degrees when kickoff uh, takes place on Saturday night. It's a shame that more people, even if they could, you know, go to the stadium, can't go because of the COVID numbers. But that would be, you know, par for the course if we can use the golf term for this football season. A beautiful day of weather, and you can't go anyway because of the, the numbers necessarily. And finally, it looks like NCAA basketball teams are going to be the least affected by COVID. There's more and more word coming out of the NCAA, although nothing official, that it, that basketball teams are pretty much going to get to start the basketball season on time. They're looking at a Thanksgiving or maybe just after Thanksgiving beginning, which wouldn't be but about three weeks later than normal. So that's the other headlines, guys, from Conference USA and things going on around the country. Tell you what, Kelly, week to, it's week to week, isn't it, in college football? What games are going to be played and what games are not going to be played? Well, here's the thing, too, Bob, that a lot of, a lot of coaches are saying under their breath they would never say it publicly. But, but if the game isn't, quote, unquote, convenient for coaches, mm-hmm. you know, they, a lot of other coaches are saying that, that coaches will use COVID as an excuse of getting out of the game. Do you buy that? You know, I, I, I certainly see what could be possible. For example, if North Carolina, and I'm, I'm certainly not saying that North Carolina Charlotte is guilty of this, but I'm just saying let's just use them for an example. Let's say they've got a big uh, Conference USA game coming up the following week that they, that they maybe want a little extra time to prepare for. Maybe they do have some guys down with COVID. It'd be, you know, it'd be real easy to say, oh, we can't play this week, you know, because right. we've got a big conference game coming up next week. And COVID could be used, you know, for an excuse. I doubt that it would happen, but you can certainly see why some might might question. It. You think because that's why Auburn parents, stopped that game with Southern Miss? You think that was just the excuse they used to can, to prevent taking that whooping? Well, I'm glad that you brought it up, Bob, because Auburn knows full well that Southern Miss would have opened up a full fledged 55 gallon drum <laughs> of four bass. it's always in the last it's always in the last two minutes of this show where we open up a big can of yeah Yeah, it's just yeah yeah, a bull that's exactly right look and while we're in this last two minutes of straight up bull let me just say at 720 tonight i am cheering for the six-point underdog cincinnati Bengals. kelly center well you go ahead luke johnson because uh the bengals the only, what you should bet on is what what abstract way will they find out to lose it this time? You know, after Sunday, they just needed a field goal shorter than an extra point. Not only did they miss it, but the kicker pulls a muscle in doing it. We can't just do it like every other team. I, I told uh, you, Kelly. Bengals. In the Florida, Bengals. In Florida, I saw some Bengal fans with their tents up, and I was watching them play volleyball, and they lost every match. Does that surprise you? <laughs> Not a bit. I think. <laughs> Take the Browns and give the points tonight, you gamblers. <laughs> All right, Kelly. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Kelly Center on the show tomorrow as well. Luke will be off. Kelly and I will handle things for you. We'll be back 
at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.